Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one, except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It's Guys of a Certain Age, Robbie Koblenson Studio. I don't have a witty intro this time, <gasps> so... Maybe my co-host, I'm joined by... Jay Reed. And remotely by... Art Shirley. Maybe you guys can come up with something. It's the podcast that... Okay, well, that was a good... That, uh, good good try, good try. It's the podcast that lives. <laughs> How about that? Wow. <laughs> wow. The podcast that may be on life support, and we're wondering <laughs> who might pull the plug at any minute. There you go, there you go. <laughs> the podcast that's on CPAP. Ah. <laughs> close enough close enough so how are you guys doing lovely good lovely. i've Just actually lovely. i'm actually right beside my cpap machine as we speak <laughs> mine's out in the truck <laughs> i can go get it i do not own one thankfully well, be, yeah so, that'd be be grateful yeah yeah so yeah, I'm i don't use mine anymore it. oh I, I every night take it with me on the road too what can y'all hear it yo i thought darth vader had come to are you flushing out with you do we need to wait <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Reed. All right. No, that's my CPAP. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, all right. We probably need to move into some geeks before we get into really bad territory. So we're we're pretty close. Who wants to go first with the geek? I'll go ahead and go. go you go. And go. Sounded like you did already. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> okay. All right, uh, more Star Wars news. I had some last week. Hopefully, I'm not repeating anything. I, I think all this stuff came out this past week. But uh, Boba Fett, uh, Tamura Morrison, the act- actor that played Boba Fett, is going to be returning uh, to some Disney Star Wars series, but not as Boba Fett. I don't think there's any plans to uh, to uh, do another season of the Book of Boba Fett. But he will be, he will be playing another popular character uh, that he's uh, voiced before, Captain Rex. Uh, from the Clone Wars series. And I, I, was he in Rebels as well? Uh, I believe he did show up in Rebels. Okay. Uh, anyway, of course, all the Stormtroopers are, of that era anyway are uh, are based on uh, Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. Based on Jango Fett. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Based yes. on Jango Fett, the That's father right. of Boba Fett, who Tamora Morrison played both of those as adults. Yeah. And, uh, and now it's going to be playing Captain Rex uh, in the upcoming Ahsoka series. It's not been confirmed, but I think it's pretty likely. And, and that's going to be cool because Captain Rex is yeah. probably my favorite clone of all time. Yeah, and it's it's you know it's kind of I think uh, I think he was a little disappointed that he was not asked to make an appearance in this latest season of The Mandalorian. You know when they were seem to be pulling back just about everybody else, uh, and but he didn't appear in that. So I, I'm, I'm glad he's going to get to uh, to be in something else. Also, someone who says he may not be in anything else is Mark Hamill, who's saying he's okay with the idea that they and thinks they should, in fact, recast uh, Luke Skywalker if they want to have further adventures of him as a young man in the upcoming Disney series. Uh, the de aging thing, you know, kind of well, but uh, probably not good enough for um, an ongoing character to be in there. So, uh, at some point they may recast him. I think Sebastian Stan, unfortunately fan favorite would be too old to play Luke in the time period that they're thinking about. But, uh, anyway, interesting to see. Yeah, it will be. It will be. Um, at some point we've got to move past the 
Skywalker, everybody associated with the original trilogy. I'm hoping that Ray trilogy that's supposed to be coming down the line will get us a little bit past. I, I hate to say I'm kind of Skywalkered out, but well, I think I think that's. I mean, I think they've told that story. I think anything now is just kind of rehashing something, and seems a bit like you know uh, either. Uh, lack of originality, imagination, or, uh, you know, possibly just a cash grab because they know people will always go see those characters or they think they will anyway. But, uh, I think, I think this latest season of the Mandalorian, it kind of proved that you can do original Star Trek tales without necessarily have to having, without having to have a, a Skywalker prominent or even show up. Well, and or show that as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, yeah. You've got, I mean, people like us who were around when the original come came out and we love these actors, how, you know, Harrison Ford, Gary Fisher, Mark Hamill, all those that were in the, in the beginning. It's, we you know we all loved it when, when Mark Hamill came back in, in the Mandalorian. We love it when all the dead people, when all the back. dead people That's come back. Good. But at some point, I mean, to add on to what you were saying about the story, I mean, these people are not going to be able to do this for much longer. So it's, yeah. there's multiple reasons to expand yeah. beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still kind of, I'm, I'm looking forward to, but kind of, uh, a little concerned about how the new, uh, Indiana Jones movie is going to be. I think they're, I think they're letting him be an old man at, at Harrison Ford's insistence. So that'll be good. But, um, you at mean, the same time, I'm hoping this is good. Uh, I'm hoping this is going to be, uh, the, uh, the last of those unless they went back and did some prequels with somebody else but they've said they won't do those indiana jones and the timex of destiny that's take, right takes a licking and keeps on ticking so yeah, yeah but kidding. he's he's starting he's he's busy he is busy. 40, he's busy between shrinking and uh is he's, he's gonna be in captain america movie yeah or the order he's he's general ross and then he'll go into thunderbolts thunderbolts yeah so he's he's not yeah. slowing down much which is all in hiatus even as we speak because Ooh. of the writer strike so um, good stuff. Good stuff. Jay, what you got for your geekage? If you're done, Mr. Shirley, are you done? Mr. I Shirley? am. Yes. Okay. We, we, I, what do you, uh, what, what's you <laughs> surrender the remainder of your time to the gentleman from, <laughs> yes, that's right. From North Starkville. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. So I guess y'all have seen, you know, is the live action little mermaid out right now? Yes. Have sure. you seen it? Have you both seen it? I'm sure you've, I've never seen night. the animated. Oh little gosh. Mermaid. How sad. Uh, no, okay. my life is is fine. Just, just. Well, fine. I mentioned that because one of the best characters. I haven't seen it either, but from the animated, I haven't movie, seen it either. But I did like the animated. Animated. I, mean, I used to know all the music, and one of the greatest yep. songs is sung by Sebastian the we're, Crab. We're going in dangerous territory here. We're gonna we're gonna get there quick. Uh, Sebastian the Crab, if if I understood this right, is played by or sung by uh, David Diggs, who That's is right. also rumored. Uh, pretty confident rumor because I continue to see it um, in oh. different sources is going to be the thing in the new Fantastic Forecast. So you've got uh, Adam Driver as Reed Richards. You got Margot Robbie as Sue Storm. Um, David David Diggs as being Graham, and then Paul Mescal. I'm not saying that right. Is Johnny Storm? And when I look at the picture, this on uh, Geek Facts or Geek News. When I first saw Paul Mescal in this picture, I thought it was the guy who played Jamie Tart on Ted Lasso. They really look a lot alike in some pictures. Jamie Tart. Sorry. Anyway, so that seems to be the cast that continues to come back. I don't think Marvel has confirmed anything yet. But what do you think? Is that a... Is that a... 
these people are at the top of their game, more or less. Paul Moscow is a little bit less known. And I don't know who David Diggs is, except for he was in Hamilton, I believe. He was in Hamilton. He was and, great. Yeah, yeah, he played uh, Lafayette and Jefferson in Hamilton. He was also in um, Blackish as uh, oh, okay. the brother in law uh, for a while. Talented actor. I, you know, and I guess he'll basically just be doing. Uh, there may be some scenes, I guess, before they're transformed if they're going to do another origin story of the Fantastic Four. But otherwise, I'm sure he'll be motion capture and um, and just voicing mm. the thing. Hopefully At, so. Adam Hopefully Driver, go though. the rock costume. Yeah, Adam Driver is Reed Richards. I just I've got a little hard time with that. I can't. Yeah, that's not working for me. Well, one of the things I read about him in this role is that that it may just the the Reed Richards character may take not a darker turn, but just a different, just kind of a different vibe than we've seen before. So you're going to have an uncle try to kill him? Oh, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. And he has some sort of laser sword that he made himself. <laughs> and he has something yeah. from his grandfather that he treasures. Yeah. No, probably not. And, you know, that's, I was thinking to maybe have a, 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 a wonder kid go with him or a, a, a chosen one, but that's a different, that's yeah. a different actor. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting how they bring the fantastic four in. Is it going to be a multiverse thing or is, do these characters exist in some secret government agency or some corporate think tank somewhere? You know, that's, it just, that's what I don't understand. And that's going to be the interesting thing to me is how do you bring the fantastic four and X-Men in, you've had all these cataclysmic events mm-hmm. in the MCU, and these guys haven't shown up yet. So, you know, there, there was talk that um, uh, WandaVision, when Wanda took over the, the town there in New Jersey, whatever it was, and she expanded her, her bubble of, of awesome magic badness, you know, that folks who were within that bubble in that town would become mutants or, you know, that's how you would end up with hmm. the X-Men. You would end up with the Fantastic Four because those are regular people exposed. So hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. It's, it's really? interesting to me that there's been just so much hype because yeah. how long have we been talking about possible actors for these roles? For Fantastic Four. For, for Fantastic Four. Forever. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe it's, firming up now but uh, who knows well i mean in art i mean correct me if i'm wrong but fantastic four was the marquee for marvel oh yeah for years right yes it was considered the world's greatest comic book um i mean granted that was marvel's own designation but uh yeah it was it was the comic book comic book group uh during all the early 60s it was their it was their top of the line and then kind of you know, Spider-Man cut into that, and then X-Men, really more so in the late '60s and the and the '70s, kind of became their group. Uh, Avengers have always been there, but too X-Men really, really became popular in the mid '70s and into the '80s. Thank you, uh, and, uh, thank you, Mr. Claremont. Yeah, thank, yeah, that's right. He did a brilliant job with that stuff. But yeah, but that's the thing. It's kind of been the holy grail to do a good Fantastic Four movie, and just seems to have been something that they're not able to accomplish yet for some reason it's yeah it's been kind of been kind of sad so it just occurred to me one more crossover too right from uh margot robbie from being harley quinn to in the dc world to now well and then uh, she's barbie and barbie barbie (laughs) which talk about the multiverse (laughs) boy i tell you the barbie movie looks really interesting to me 
I mean, apparently they caused an international shortage of pink paint. Oh wow! Really? I saw that headline. That's I didn't what, read but, the details. I mean, the, I, I saw a trailer come on, and it's got kind of a dark turn to it. Really? I haven't yeah. seen that. So apparently, she goes to the real world, and Will Ferrell is like the CEO of Mattel, and he's alarmed that there's a real life Barbie and Ken out there, and he's trying to capture them and put them back in the box. Oh my gosh! You I know? had no idea. So it's got it's got shades of uh, of uh, the Lego Movie, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, but we've talked about it and, and Robbie and I both went from, I think, uh, you know, no way we'd see this to, Oh, we'll watch it when it comes out on something free streaming to now I'm kind of at, well, I'm actually pay to rent it when it comes out. Uh, <laughs> I oh. wonder by the time it comes out, if I'll be, I'm in the theaters to see this stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to go that far at all, <clears throat> but you know, it, it does, it, it looks pretty fascinating. And a good Tuesday night, $5 movie because that'd be cheaper than renting it. Well, it probably would. So, but, um, anyway, yeah. We'll have to come in costume. Oh, oh my! <laughs> uh, which costume, Barbie or Ken? Oh golly! Well, what's your geek, Robbie? <laughs> so my geek is I'm going to go as GI Joe. I'll just tell you that right okay. now, because you're you're a real American hero. That's right. Yeah, there you go. So no, my geek is um, you know Strange New Worlds season two premieres in a few weeks, June fifteenth on Paramount Plus, and to celebrate that, Paramount has released the entirety of season one of Strange Strange New Worlds on YouTube for free. So, I saw that. Huh. Yes, good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I I plan on going back and, and watching um, rewatching it through the the freebies on YouTube, but yeah. Uh, you know, Art and I have talked about ad nauseum how much we enjoyed Strange New Worlds. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't really a clunker in that whole that whole season. Hmm. Um, I was solid throughout. Even the ones they did that were kind of you know out of the mainstream. The the one where they were you know dressed as fantasy characters. That all of them. Worked, yeah. All of them worked really well. Yeah, yeah. Have you watched it yet, Jay? I haven't. No, but I, I've got. Well, of course, I don't need it now. But I have. Paramount or whatever you it was should, on, I can watch it. You should watch Strange New Worlds. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, 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 I got, I had an offer for a, a bundle, you know, half price or whatever uh, Paramount bundle with Showtime for three months. So I went ahead and got that last week, uh, you know, with the idea that I'd watch Strange New Worlds. But I've been watching Picard, you know, season three, uh, you know, since I've had it. And uh, I really like that. That was that's that's been really really good. It's not to me. I mean, it's 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 good. It's a very good show. Not as much fun as Strange New Worlds was, but certainly kind of redeems the Picard idea. Yeah, yeah. So, have you finished it up? All have you gone all the way through? Just halfway through it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I probably did you, watch, did you watch the whole thing? I've not seen any episodes yet, so I've yeah. tried to stay uh, stay spoiler free. There's some stuff you can't help, but you know, pick up on, but I, once strange new worlds gets probably three, four weeks into, I'll probably pick up Paramount plus for a month and try to grab a card and uh-huh. um, strange new worlds as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, should be fun. But Jay, I would recommend strange. New. You do not have to be a Trek fan to enjoy strange new worlds. It's a really, I think it's a pretty good entry point, right? Right. Art, wouldn't you say? Oh, I'd say so too. Yeah. I think it's probably, you know, one of the better shows to pick up. One of the good things about it is it's, it's episodic. It's a return to episodic, uh, TV as opposed to having to watch one episode, <sighs> I mean, watch all the episodes. You can get the whole story in one, although there is uh, an arc that goes through the whole season. You know, there's, there's, they're related, but it doesn't, you don't have to go, oh, you know, I'm going to have to watch the whole thing. You can watch 
and be entertained by three or four if you want to. And then if you want to stop there, you can. Yeah. I don't think okay. you will. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm in the middle of Sweet Tooth now, season two. So when I finish that, I'll put that next. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, an epic series when an American is, is, is taken from their everyday job in the U.S., plopped into uh, the United Kingdom to do a job that they weren't really qualified for, but they almost succeed at. Are we talking about the Still diplomat? About Barbie movie. <laughs> are we talking about the diplomat or are we talking about Ted Lasso? Find out in a minute. And we're back. We're going to talk Ted Lasso, not the diplomat, but I highly recommend the diplomat. Art, you've seen the diplomat, right? Yeah, really good. So it's, uh, and Jay, I should, you're here, so I should ask you, you haven't <laughs> seen the diplomat. I have not, but it is definitely something I want to see. Yeah, yeah. Great. It's uh, the showrunner creator is Deborah Kahn, who was a writer on the West Wing from seasons four through seven. So there's a little Aaron Sorkin-esque dialogue in there. Also, uh Shonda Rhimes, she worked with Shonda Rhimes on a few things. So there's a lot of influences there, but The Diplomat's great. But we're going to talk about another show based in the UK. It's Ted Lasso Season 3. Well, it's the series finale as well. Series finale. So They're not sure about that. I was reading today, even though that's what they've been saying throughout. If you look on the Apple TV, it says season finale. And uh, Hannah Waddingham... You know, as quite as saying, they still don't know. It's, it could be the end of Ted's story, but it may not necessarily be the end of uh, that 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 universe. Or yeah, I saw where he where Jason Sudeikis said there could be some spinoffs or yeah. podcasts or <laughs> books or things. I, I think but we're, I, we're ready for season one of the Diamond Dogs. <laughs> I would like to read the book. I'm start. I'm wondering if the Trent Krim book will actually come out. That would be cool. The yeah. Richmond Way. Mm-hmm. Trent Krim, the independent. So, well, first I, I finished the uh, I finished the series the the finale, whatever it's finaling to, uh, probably about two hours ago. So it's fairly fresh. I crammed okay. in the, the last two episodes. Uh, but let me start. Art, what did you think of season three of Ted Lasso overall? All right, and we've talked about this before. Maybe even some on the show, kind of during the midway point. I thought it was the the first half of the show was was to me not up to uh, Ted Lasso standards. It wasn't bad, but to me, they, it was kind of uneven. Uh, there were, they did some things with some characters that didn't feel true, particularly with Keely. I thought they kind of didn't do Keely right. in some of the things that they did with her, but, um, you know, from the, really the halfway point on, I thought it just became a, the, the Ted Lasso we knew and, and certainly the finale, you know, just really was a strong finish. What about you, Jay? I pretty much would echo that. I think some of the earlier episodes were a little bit weak. But when I say that, I still laughed out loud. I mean, I still didn't regret, you know, that that hour I'd spent in my life. But um, but it did kind of rise again at the end. The last two or three episodes, it just seemed like it was they were getting back to the characters and a lot of, you know, a lot of things tied together at the end. I thought they ended it pretty well. I concur with that. I was disappointed with Keely Jones's arc because mm-hmm. I felt like um, at the end of season two, she was ready to be her own person and in charge of her own destiny. And she falls into the trope of having 
uh, a benefactor fund her PR firm. She ends up dating her boss. She and her boss break up and then the funding's pulled. So she is back to square one and she goes to her good friend, Rebecca. Oh, by the way, spoilers. Spoilers. You figure that out. Uh, a good friend, Rebe- Rebecca, who underwrites her again. It's like she was not allowed to stand independently. And I was, I was disappointed in that. Um, but I, I, I concur with you guys. I mean, the second half was strong. Um, what about the? And I agree. That's exact. That's the, that was to me the most disappointing part of the first half of the season, uh, and into the into the second half because yeah that that can that continue that that's still there. Um. So, what did you guys think about the um, redemption art of the Wonder Kid with Nate? I, you know? I loved that. I thought that was so well played. Uh, I saw it happening. I mean, I predicted that he would end up back at Richmond somehow. But again, it's like this this show does a great job of kind of making you think something's going to happen and either something completely different happens or what you think is going to happen, but they get to it at such a completely different way. You just go, wow, that's just a much better way to do this thing. Yeah, I I agree. I like I love the Nate Shelley uh, story. Mm hmm especially the girlfriend and how she kind of, she really played a major role in his, you know, in his arc. Yeah. She did. And she just seemed like we kept going, why does he even like her? I mean, she's so, you know, <laughs> and whatever. And of course she, she comes around and becomes this thing. And then the whole thing with Rupert and, uh, and you did say spoiler alert, sorry, yeah. but they had the guys night out. And then he's, you know, he he had a choice there. He could have gone along with it because he was pretty much going along with anything Rupert did at that point. You know, I mean, he was he was that was kind of the means of success. But uh, anyway, he uh, you know he decided not to, and the next thing you know, he's not you know at West Ham anymore, and you think he's gotten fired. Well, no, he he stepped out on his own. He decided on his own that he didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, I was glad to see Rupert get his due at that in the last episode. Oh, you that, think that was too much? You think that was okay? Uh, I think it was great. I think that was great, and I don't know the I, actor who played Rupert, but he was fabulous the entire the entire series. He's uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. He started off in Folgers Coffee's commercials. He actually was doing other things for he, a long time, and then was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer for a long time. He was in Buffy, wasn't he? That's yeah, right. That's yeah. where I know him from. I loved how he's in the head. I love how yeah. he was in the flowing black costume in the last, and he looked, he looked very like, Vaderish. Looked very, very Vader, you know. I, I see. That's what Becky was going. Oh, I can't believe he's wearing that that coat. And I thought that coat is cool, man. He's a classic villain in this thing. I mean, you know. Right, I think he was auditioning to be the next uh, Doctor Who, is what it was. Well, you know, yeah. I, he, he could certainly he should certainly end up in uh, House of Dragons or something like that. He's a, he's a great villain. Yeah, yeah. It, that was but, that was great. So, but that whole thing worked out. I mean, because you knew he had to get, you know, it wasn't going to be enough just to beat him on the field. Uh, you know, they had to have something more than that, and boy, they sure did. Yeah. But I never expected him to go out on the field and push the coach down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look, that was hilarious. There's three balls on the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was great. That was great. Put him back, George. <laughs> and I love having George coming from the commentator uh-huh. uh, side to, to being back on the sidelines since you know he's and been the he's foil. A real coach. He's a, a real former coach. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of those folks that they had. I mean, they had the whole uh, Man City team and coach. You know, in the next to last episode, and they paid them just you know, a bunch of money to have them on there. 
but I'm but, sure uh, I'm sure they they really enjoyed themselves quite a bit. Yeah, so why not? Yeah. And in a lot of I mean a lot of the uh, Richmond players were actual players in came. Oh, along. is that right? Yeah, I mean some of them. I think uh, Danny, I'm pretty sure was a, in a player football in life. Uh-huh. Yeah, another yeah. Marvel connection. Uh, Danny was in a Marvel movie. What was he in? Uh, I'm gonna I miss remember- the movie, but it was it was the end credit scene where the Venom comes out he's the bartender at the end of uh oh yeah he was he was Quantumania or gardens of the galaxy is one of the ones we just saw wasn't it it wasn't the ones it wasn't Guardians no, of the galaxy no it, it was, was it was before it was that a second I think. venom movie it was a second venom movie what no no i don't I, think so I I, think maybe was, spider-man it was at the end of spider-man but oh, okay. venom, venom was, was the character that that kind of came out of the box or whatever at the end and it was venom that came out venom comes out and and uh danny's the bartender right. for uh tom character there yeah that's uh, right that's brock. right eddie brock yeah um so we'll see if he comes out okay. later <laughs> we'll, we'll eventually get to it we can go through the whole 47 movies of marvel and figure out which one <laughs> well and then uh what's his face brent goldstein oh yeah, um, yeah he still doesn't so claims he doesn't know if he's ever going to play that role again as hercules which was great so um what did you think about jamie and roy's uh bromance yeah, I, th- <laughs> I thought that was great. I love that that growth arc for for Jamie Tart and um, and for Roy Kent yeah, as well. I mean, you know, that to me that was probably the most satisfying of the of the resolutions was how you know Ted leaves, Roy becomes the manager. Mm-hmm. You know, he did not want to coach, and he becomes right. the manager, and then Jamie just grows into this um, you know this amazing footballer, but. And yeah. grows up and, and forgives his, his dad eventually. Right. Jamie grows up. Roy softens up. But then at the end, they're still punching each other out over, <laughs> over Keeley. And we yeah. never we never knew who they end up with, who Keeley ends up with, do we? I think See, she that, made it clear it's neither one of them. They, I finally think they did Keeley right in that they they did not resolve that. Yeah. And so I, I'm hopeful from and, – and with her proposal at the end of, uh, you know, a women's soccer league, our women's soccer team for Richmond. Uh, that's one of the spinoffs. I understand uh, ideas. I understand that may oh, be okay. That would be great. That would be very appropriate. So. Speaking about the, the, all the stuff at the end there, was that just a dream or do you think that's actually happening? What's that? What? Well, you know, they, they show Ted, uh, coach beard fakes the appendicitis and, uh, <laughs> and is taken off the plane. He gets married and, to Stonehenge. And then you start seeing, <laughs> You see, he get married. He and Jane get married at uh, at Stonehenge, and uh, and uh, of course Rebecca runs into the the boat guy who's an airplane. Captain. I love that. I thought that was great. All that stuff, and then you see, uh, you know, but then you see all that stuff, all that future stuff, and then Ted wakes up on the plane, and you wonder, did he just dream all this? He wakes up on the plane after all that. Yes. I no, that. I, no, I don't think he was dreaming all that. I thought the last thing we, was when he was coaching his son. Yeah, that was the last scene, wasn't it? That was the very last scene, but you see him wake up on the plane, and you've seen all that, and then he goes and pulls oh. up at his house, and then the next thing you see is his, his team being coached. Uh, some of it we know happened because we know that Rebecca sold 49% of her uh, shares in the in the team to uh, the public. So, you know, right. May – Three guys at the bar get him, you know, that kind of stuff. Very, very Packer esque, very um, Green Bay yeah. Packer esque. 
So, and she stays and, uh, and then, you know, everybody else is there. Of course they have the picnic on the street and you see all the folks and, and Roy and Jamie are still there, but Kaylee's not with anybody, but kind of with doing her own thing, but she comes in with that proposal. But then at the end of all that, Ted wakes up on the plane. And so I think that's going to be one of those, uh, was it real or not kind of thing. I prefer to think it was real. The only thing is Ted would have been at coach Beard's wedding for sure. And he wasn't in the wedding scene. Yeah, I agree with that. The other thing that I thought would have been cool is with the picnic. I just knew mm-hmm. that was a tailgate and they were going to be watching Ted coaching a football team. Mm. Oh, wouldn't that have been cool? Yeah, that would have been awesome. But they didn't. Mm-hmm. I really thought, you know, as much as I thought I was convinced Ted was going home, I just knew he was going home. Oh, I'll come back to this in a second. But, uh, I mean, they kind of fooled me because, you know, when, when Rebecca asked him to stay, I thought, and the way she asked him to stay, I thought, well, man, maybe he's going to stay. Maybe they'll work it out that way. But uh, uh, I think the resolution they came to is better. Now, I will say they completely caught me or, or, or got me with uh, the opening scene <laughs> yes, where Rebecca is in the kitchen watching. Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> and then Ted comes down, obviously having slept there. And because people were saying, oh, Ted and Rebecca get together. And I never felt like that was right. That just never seemed right to me. No, no, no. And I was going, oh, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they're doing this. Again, should have realized that they're going to, you know, subvert expectations in such a great way. (laughs) When Coach Beard came down, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was hard to watch. And then then Jane (laughs) showed him. And I guarantee you, he went and sat on that counter beside Rebecca as an improvisational moment just to kind of throw her off. Cause, oh my gosh, it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and like you said, kind of hard to watch at the same time. <laughs> Brendan Hart was just fabulous in this. How'd you guys like his backstory that he was in prison? Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> and is his first name Willis? Not see that coming. I thought the whole way they brought Nate back in was great with the players going to him and them wanting it back, right? And yeah. then he wouldn't do it because he didn't know how Ted felt. Yeah. And then Ted was okay with it, but Beard was not. And then when Beard and then, you know, Ted kind of sets him straight in that great Ted way, that lasso way. And uh and then when he came man, I mean that was a that was a strong, strong emotional moment right there. Yeah. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so wrapped it up in a nice, tight, tidy little bowl, bow, bowl, <laughs> stadium. whatever stadium. Uh, do Ted and his wife get back together? Mm, I was thinking it's possible. What do you I think? She looked kind of tired of the the marriage therapist, or whoever what the guy's name is. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we were shown that the marriage therapist was not the guy. They could have left that a little bit more. Uh, questionable. He could have just been there, but every time they showed the scene, he was further and further removed mm-hmm. from their experience. So, yeah, I think that's something that's going to probably work its way back together. I think too, because I mean, you know, the whole thing with his mother too—that was a great episode. That was very strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, we did not see that coming, uh, and uh, or I certainly didn't see, didn't expect anything like that. And so, I didn't expect I, him to cuss it, her out. I will definitely well, not be doing that to you, Mrs. Reed. Well, I had, <laughs> it's like in, in in a weird parallel universe that was Jay and his mom. <laughs> Except without the without the word. Oh no no no! I'm saying with the word with the word that would have been. Oh. I would, man, I would have paid money to see that. I'd paid lots of. Money. But I do think with Ted getting the help he needs, both from uh, you know the psychiatrist that was in, you know that he was still seeing even if it was you know virtually, and uh, 
and with that, his mother, you know, that whole resolution there, I think maybe he'll be in a, be in a better place, you know, to kind of, for him and his wife to work things out. So did you catch, I forget the therapist's name. She's so brilliant. Um, and she was in Sandman as well, uh, that she had a Dallas Cowboys t-shirt on. I saw that. I didn't, was there a significance to that? It's American football. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just wondering if Ted rubbed off on her a little bit or is she working for the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Is, is, is Dak Lasso next season? Dak Lasso. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh, that would be, that would be funny. Another part I really loved about the finale was when they rebuilt the believe sign. Yeah. All the players had a little piece of it. Yeah. yeah. And I knew yep. I knew that final shot. I knew it was going to be the camera was going to be on their hands and focus. It was going to it was going to dolly up. It was going to uh, jib up. There you go, Art. Mm-hmm. Need Gotta more have jib. jib. Got to have the jib. And then they're going to reveal roll focus, and you see the sign. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was beautiful. Awesome. There yeah. were several moments that just were you know really tugged at your heartstrings real well. That was probably the strongest one for me. But there were several within there. The the. <laughs> The Sound of Music tribute. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty hilarious. So long. Farewell. Avita saying goodbye. So that was was one of the classic moments. Uh, And then Danny sticking to adios the whole time. Adios. (laughs) (laughs) What about about the, the final tune to take the show out? And I forget who performs it, but the the last song. It's Cat Stevens, father and son. Is that and that's what, what? Okay, I didn't know that. Gotcha. Is it and, which was also used in Guardians of the Galaxy with uh, uh, Quill and Ego. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't Cat Stevens. It was Yusef. Oh, that well, was he Yusef when he recorded it, or was he? I don't know. No, I think he was Cat Stevens. He was Cat Stevens. Yeah. It read it in both ways because I went and looked up the songs to make sure I knew the lyrics. I love that song. Yeah, Father and Son and Cats in the Cradle. Yeah. See, I don't like Cats in the Cradle very much because it's too depressing, but I like <laughs> Father and Son. But what's interesting is that everybody thinks Cat Stevens sings Cats in the Cradle. Who sings Cats in the Cradle? Harry Chapin. No, nah, but not Harry Chapin Carpenter. I started to say, but not Harry Chapin Carpenter. Mary Chapin Carter. Passionate Chapin. kisses. Mary Chapin Carpenter. So. It was good. Sometimes but, the windshield, sometimes yeah, the bug. That's Star Straits. Huh? That's Star Straits. That was great. Mary Chapin Carpenter. She did, hold on. She did a remake of it. Star Straits did it originally. Okay. I believe so. I, I'm sorry. All right, go ahead while I try to Wait, prove Jamie. Sorry, I'm talking. <laughs> no, you go ahead and talk. What? Who did the remake of Mary Chapin Carpenter stuff? He's saying that Mary Chapin Carpenter's Windshield and the Bug song is a remake of Dire Straits song, but I I never heard Dire Straits do it. They did it okay. and it came out um it was The Bug is a song written by Mark Top by Mark Knopfler and originally performed by Dire Straits on their final studio album. That's right. Okay. So I was right yet again. We have uh, definitely diverted. On Every Street, which was their last real album released in 91, then Mary Chapin did a uh, a version of it in 92. Okay. See, I was still working in radio when those both came out. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, you would know then. I would. I'll go listen to that other song. Yeah. Uh, Mary Chapin Carpenters is a little bit more fun, but Dire Straits. Yeah. I can't, anyway. I can't, I can't envision them singing it, but I will, I will go. But as long as you could hear them, you don't need to envision them. Yeah, that's... Uh... 
caught that as soon as I said it. <laughs> what I was saying was uh, all the music from Ted Lasso was very good. That's one intro I watched every time it came on. Usually I skip the intro after, you know, an episode or two. But I just like that song so much. Oh, it's a great song. And the uh, I bought the um, the quote-unquote studio version of the intro. And it basically just has another um, another verse bolted to it in what, and then they do another chorus. So it's not really unlike I'll be there for you by the Rembrandts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, where there's like, Ooh, this is cool. Let's add. Make, some verses. make a song. Yeah. yeah. Make a song ago. So Did y'all think when, when he and Rebecca were sitting there having that conversation at the end in the stands, do you think they were echoing back to the intro at all? Because you, Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. That was the callback. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw some other things too, that, uh, they were very, you know, very much echoing back to things from seasons past because at the end of each season, they have their face off at the end where Rebecca's got a truth bomb to drop. Uh And he's, if uh, the camera is, uh, you know, is set where they're, we're getting a a profile of both of them standing up and Rebecca's always on the left and, and Ted's always on the right or they, she was for season one and two. And then this season, they reverse the two of them. So Ted's on the left and Rebecca's on the right, and he's the one that has the truth bomb. Wow. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. So, and then Rebecca is wearing the same dress in her final shot that she, the, a, a red uh, top and a black skirt in her final shot where she meets the pilot, or, or you know, meets the pilot again uh, that she wore in her very first shot where she meets Ted. You know, I I didn't pick up on that the pilot was the boat guy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I didn't pick up, but I, I I mean, he had his daughter with him this time, which she only like went to the daughter's room on the boat. Never yeah. met the daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of cool. And, and so, like, uh, just a transportation guy of all kinds, you know, whatever. That's right. He's a he's multimodal. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Multi- which- Boys, my theory that I really thought was it, that he was a red herring because he was in Amsterdam and the Dutch herring is there. And I thought he's, a, that's not going to happen, but it did. So anyway. Better to be a red herring than a MacGuffin. <laughs> that's right. I mean, you know, MacGuffin sounds like something you get at McDonald's. Yeah, it makes me hungry yeah. all of a sudden. There you go. All right. Any other final thoughts on Ted Lasso? I uh, just think, and we've said it before, I, I'm, I'm glad that uh, they the season pulled together as well as it did. I was concerned at the beginning, but I think it ended up being one of the, still one of the strongest seasons. I think they should end it there. I think that, uh, I think it's, it's perfect where it is and let's just let it go at this point. What do y'all think about that? I agree. It is tied up nicely. This, I mean, if you want to do a spinoff fine, but, uh, don't call it Ted Lasso anymore. Just, this is a, this is a great three season show. And it's, to me, it's one of the, I mean, I, I will say, and I know this is true in so many of the shows now, and it even came up in Shrinking, which is you know done by the same people. I wish you know the the F word wasn't so prominent in mm-hmm. in so many things right now. It just seems like that's the thing to do. But that aside, um, I think this is the, one of the strongest sitcoms, if you can call it that or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. in sitcom history. I mean, I don't remember laughing out loud and just feeling good at the end of, you know, each episode uh, with any other show yeah, for me. Yeah, it very much was a product of the times, um, you know, coming in as the pandemic and we're looking for feel-good stories. 
But yeah, what a fabulous, fabulous show this was. So I mean, just, just brilliant writing. It it really is. You know. So my question is: Is there any other commercials that folks are looking through to say, "Can we grab an idea from it to make a TV show"? You know. I mean. Hey, I've got a copy cow spot from 1995, 96. That's really, really good. So, I mean, you know, that could have been, we could make I a think copy local cow. Locally, I could do something with the I don't lie to you uh, guy. Maybe it's, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. That note. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. So, all right, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.